I, I told them we're pretty laid back. Um, I just try to throw out topics. <laughs> Lies. He beats me most of the time. going to grill me. <laughs> you have no idea what's coming. Welcome to episode 13 of On an Unrelated Note. I am Chris, and alongside me as always is Daniel. How are you, sir? I am not Chris. Oh. Uh, I'm sleepy, um, but, you know, it's okay. You're old. It's fine. Yes, um, but but not as old as you guys, so <laughs> That's true. I'm holding on to that one year. Just about. <laughs> Just about. <laughs> so uh, uh, as as our trend has been, uh, we're we're trying to pull more guests in, and if you heard this other voice, uh, this is a writer, director, rock star, and has seen at least one Twilight film. Uh, Johnny is with us today. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you? <laughs> Just riding high on life right now. So. I, uh, I felt like I had to throw the Twilight thing in there. Uh, <laughs> so you saw my stories when I was in New Zealand. 100%. That's what this is. <laughs> and I, I, okay. I continue to be amused by this. <laughs> oh, they're so bad. Except the last one. So so you watched the entire series? I did. Um, so when I was in New... We're, well, we're off and running. I mean, I guess like, when I was in New Zealand, we can come back to that, why I was there, whatever. But I was there for 12 weeks um by myself and then a few more weeks we my wife came over and we traveled around and visited some friends but um I was there for 12 weeks doing an artist in residency thing and um every night I was just like alone in this apartment that they provided for me you know and I started to really quickly just like I need things to do you know so I would uh, open a bottle of wine and I finally got around to twilight and I said why not let's do twilight and so um yeah they're it, they're spectacularly flat. Um, it's almost like you'd have to go out of your way to do that. And then all of a sudden, the last one comes along. I'm not saying it's a good movie. like It's not, but it's it's totally watchable. It's, yeah, which is it's, it's just this whole other thing. It gets sort of injected with this conflict. And I'm like, I'm sitting here trying not to spoil Twilight. Because I could say why, but I'm trying not to spoil I mean, it. At this point, if you haven't seen it. Okay, alright, Bella becomes a vampire. Okay, that's what it is. And when what? she becomes a vampire, she goes from like being this doormat who's just like watching these men make decisions for her. So I'm like, hold on a minute. You know, but I guess, you know, but it's, anyway, I won't even go into that. But then all of a sudden, she's calling the shots and she's bossing people around. She's a very interesting character, though. You know? It's like, maybe so, we shouldn't have started either. Yeah. So anyway, don't watch them, but if you do, hang on until the end. Spoiler alert, but also, please don't watch them. Yeah. <laughs> or do, I, you know. <sighs> it depends on your state of mind, you know what I mean? Yes. Wink, wink. So I, I never got into the vampire thing at all, for the most part. Um, I know, Daniel, you watch True Blood. But, I, I'm actually a vampire, as it turns out. Uh, but yes, I've I've dabbled. Never uh, never with Twilight though. I must admit, it's a gateway vampire. <laughs> I was going to. I yeah. I had it queued up, and, and now I already know the end. So never mind. Yeah. Thanks, Johnny. Sorry, sorry. It's, it's amazing. Uh, by next week, Daniel's gonna have watched the entire franchise. It's fine. It's <laughs> true. I'm gonna read it too. Simultaneously. I, I, Are you gonna take my suggestion? Oh, 
I didn't tell you what his, he said. He said, we need to nix all my topics, and you just need to give us an oral history of Velvet Monk, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that would take all of 10 minutes. <laughs> Pretty sure the last time I saw you, uh, that band was still active, though, so. That's, oh, man. Uh, yeah, it's not long. Play? I, Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's probably where I met you is in Wilmore. Um, okay, no, that would be a sense. couple of times. Salmon Sports, maybe, or um, I think it was the like the campground was the only place. Oh yeah, yep, we played out there. Mm -hmm. That was yeah. a little bit later. Um, I guess, yeah, things start to get a little boring. <laughs> but um, so I, I associate all those campground shows a little bit more with like just after high school. Yes, whereas like. Um, we played a, a handful of shows. I, I think Velvet Monk didn't get to look. We're doing this after all. <laughs> started until I think it was like the last semester of my senior year. Um, I think. And I'm pretty sure that's what happened. And um, we did a handful of shows during that semester. And then high school was over. You know, and um, man, is that right? I, that's how I remember it. I'm pretty sure that's I, right. I think you're right, though. Whoa. Did you guys graduate the same year? I'm a one. Yeah. Okay, I'm O two, and I think I was—I think it was my senior year when I started going to those shows. And um, yeah, it's, it's where I met both of you, actually. Uh, yeah, pretty and sure. Kind of that tracks because, like, uh, a little bit later, you know, we we moved, we started doing those shows, and like actually getting like really good bands coming through, like on a follow oh, by yeah. Atelier and um, uh, what are some of the other better ones? Like Cool Hand Luke came through, right? Oh yes, yeah, that's right. Old American Dream. The only two I can think of right now are random: uh, that Bestiary Band and Seven Ten oh. Split. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Those are the two I was gonna name. Yeah, Rookie of the Year. Oh yeah, they yep, were good. Yep. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and then at some point it became no longer Velvet Monk, and it just became something else. When I was the only. <laughs> yeah, remember left. It was like it was a whole new band, like Johan and those guys. And oh just, yeah. Just changed, wow. you know? Oh, and uh, Johnny asked um, if uh, if we were clean or explicit. And I said I really don't care. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there has been anything explicit, but I've never been opposed to it. Jim cussed a couple times, but did he? he didn't throw an explicit on us. So I'm okay, a, I'm a bit of a cusser, but it's so easy for me to just not do it, you know. So it's yeah. really not a problem. I, yeah, I'm, I'm a lot of one, but uh, <laughs> I, I can, I've stayed uh, fairly innocent, fairly clean in the, in the scope of this, and then yeah. I get off air and like just yell at passers by. So, <laughs> oh, good, those damn it, <laughs> yeah. They're my main targets. Yeah. Okay. So I think they have a legit screening process. Yeah. Uh, and if it flags it, it'll just put it explicitly by it, which okay. I have no problem with. Okay. <laughs> this is our primary demographic of five to eight year olds. Right. They're so, just gonna have to sit this one out or learn some new words. <laughs> yeah. So the reason that uh, you were in New Zealand is uh, because. I mean, I guess your your main your main thing is filmmaking, mm -hmm. um, and you've been back here in Kentucky for almost a year, right? Yeah, in July it'll be a year. Okay. But we we actually left LA in May and just kind of floated for a while and landed finally in July. Oh, yeah, I, I watched the the social media posts about that. Like you had quite the trip. Yeah, <laughs> we were all over Florida, um, Indiana, Florida, Tennessee, 
South Carolina for a little bit. And then I was, of course, there was the drive across the country, but that was just a, you know, we were in Colorado for a few days. We actually spent a little time there, not just driving through. That's um, awesome. But yeah. I, uh, so how, how long were you actually in LA? I don't even remember at this point. So I, I basically say I was there for 11 years. We were, we were there for a few months. I was doing a school thing. And then we actually left and went to Oregon for a year. Um, I don't know if you remember that or not. Uh, yeah. Um, and then that didn't work out. And so we moved back to LA in 2011, um, like at the very beginning of the year. And we were there till the beginning of 2021. 20, uh, okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. This, these last so if you add up all like the miscellaneous months, it was about 11 years plus a year. Okay. Um, and uh, we were actually talking uh, earlier. Uh, you know, we, we have a couple mutual friends out that way. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, your your focus specifically is uh, writing and, and filmmaking. And you have how many feature films now? So three feature films completed. One of them is not released yet. It's with a sales agent. And the other two are distributed. They're out in the world. You can get on Amazon or I think Tubi. My first one is on Tubi. I, I didn't know now. that. I watched them both on Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't know if, actually, my first one, I don't know if it's still on Amazon or not. I don't know know what the distributor has done with it. Although I think you can get on there and buy the DVD. Okay. But as far as streaming, it might just be Tubi. I'm not even sure. But the second one, I know you can get Amazon always. Okay. And whatever format you prefer. That's all about the afternoon? Yeah, so that... the first one is called Couch Survivor. Um, so it's like Survivor, but instead of on an island, they're on a couch. And then the second one is called All About the Afterglow, which you just said. And um, it's kind of just a road trip, a uh, very talky road trip slice of life movie. Yeah. So now have you have you seen any of my movies? Uh, I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, here. yeah. Okay. I, it's It's been quite some time since I'd seen Couch Survivor. Okay. Because that was a while back. Yeah. But I watched, uh, I watched the other one sometime last year. Okay, so you weren't at the thing when we played at the Kentucky Theater? Uh, no, and Forgive I was, me, it's hard for me to no, remember I, who all was there and who wasn't. I wanted to come out and didn't get yeah. to, and I was pretty sad about it. <laughs> life, life happens, I mean, you've got kids, you know. I that's get the it, but you were able to see it? <laughs> yes. Okay. I, I really enjoy them, too. Like, And that's not just me saying that, because yeah. I know you. Like, everyone everyone needs to go watch them. Uh, that one specifically, I really liked. It's a good, like, just a good drama. Like, I really enjoy it. Thank you. Yeah, that one, I, I would feel like it's more uh, me being like doing my voice yeah you know couch survivor was fun um i think we got some good laughs but it's very much it's a mockumentary yeah um and it's definitely skews very heavily toward the comedy end and um uh awfully rough around the edges but they both are i mean they're super super low budget both of them um but the second one all about the afterglow that was kind of the thing where i was raising money for bluegrass spirits which is my third movie which you cannot see yet but you can find it on social media. Um, but um, we were raising money for that and I was still had a ways to go. And so my buddy and I were like, let's just make a movie. Um, and our our um, motto was just grab a camera and go fucking shoot it. So <laughs> that's it really, so there's that's your amazing. E, got your explicit. <laughs> that's really what we, we were fine. at. We were at the Pantages Theater. We went to see Kinky Boots down in Hollywood. And um, we were like, let's just make a movie. Like no you know, no budget, nothing can stop us. Let's just grab the camera and go fucking shoot it. That's incredible. And that was the, that's the philosophy. And, you know, honestly, bit off a little more than I meant to um, with it being a road trip. So much of it is in the car. 
um, yes. which provides so many challenges. <laughs> but there's no location fees. You just drive around and shoot. Oh, that's nice. You know, but there's so many things you don't think about. Like we're shooting in November and the sun takes this low trajectory oh, and the light gosh. is constantly changing. I'm like, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> you know, but I mean, why would you? Lessons you learn, <laughs> you know. So that limited our time. Blah 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 blah. But um, you know, it was a um. We actually, you know, we're shooting like along the Pacific Coast Highway. And I said, like, I want to shoot on the PCH. I don't want like a green screen or something. Yeah. I want to be out there and make the person, the viewer feel like they're on a road trip. Um, we shot in San Francisco. You know, That's awesome. On a rooftop overlooking the city and then up by, by the Golden Gate Bridge. And I was like, I'm going to get out there and like just shoot it on location. So... That that's the part I didn't know. I didn't know if you like just found places the kind of mock things. No, yeah, we, we did just... it. There's only one scene we were mocking, and it's during the night. Okay. So um, we went around and drove just in the hills behind, uh, behind uh, Glendale, you know, okay. which is basically L.A. Yeah. Um, and it's supposed to be San, you know, getting close to San Francisco. Okay. But you know, I was like, I just want it to drive. So we just need to be driving and I want like realistic like headlights passing us and okay you know I didn't have a sound stage to make that so I was like let's just get in the car and just go drive through the hills and shoot awesome. this you know so everything else it is literally where it is okay I cool. well, that's that's really cool uh, yeah. which one would you recommend if you like vampires <laughs> uh definitely all about the afterglow because okay. uh, spoiler they both become vampires by the end ah <laughs> Are there, are there, now I know you've been uh, you've done some work in New Zealand as well. You mentioned earlier. Um, are there any hobbits involved? <laughs> um, so it, it involved in in what? Uh, in in your films? In... No, no hobbits. <laughs> um, I do think the the Tolkien estate would probably come after me. Okay, um, well, let's, let's I not did go to that. Hobbiton uh, while I was there. But uh, while I was there, I was just doing an artist in residency. So. They brought me over to um, the project that I, which, by the way, I don't know if you know how those work. I didn't. Uh, I was going to ask you about yeah, that. So I had no <laughs> idea what this was until I applied for it. But I have a buddy. He's from Arkansas. I met him in L.A., and now he lives in New Zealand. Okay. That's just kind of the short version of it. So he's American, but he flat out lives in New Zealand. He's been there for years. Um, and he did this same program a few years ago. And so he, he's a filmmaker as well, and he was telling me, I reached out and I said, hey, should I apply for this? Because they do it every year. And he's like, totally do it. And I'll, I'll put in a good word for you. I'm still in the town with the school. Um, it's the school and the town come together to put on the artist in residence program. So I applied for it and I got the gig. Um, and the way it works is I kept saying, okay, so am I going to like have to go into the office every day? Is this like a job? And he's like, you don't understand. You don't have to do anything. And I was like, sure, 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 sure. I don't have to do anything. But like, how much do I have to do? He's like, no, 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 you don't have to do anything. They provide you with an office space up at the school. You can go up there and work if you want to. You don't have to. They're bringing you here just to do. That's what artists and residents are. It's um, you just go and you do an art project. And That's so crazy. the whole point is to just like uh, bring like different perspectives from all over the globe. And then now I know about Palmerston North, which is where I was, okay. and they're hoping that I'll go out and tell people about Palmerston North, which I'm doing now. Yeah. You know, it's this pretty little town sort of on the North Island, kind of on the south-ish part of the North Island, and um, so I just wrote a screenplay when I was there. I just wrote a screenplay that I will almost certainly never make, um, and I, I meant to, and my whole, my whole thinking was like, all right, both my first two, three, three movies, because by that point, I'd made all three, um, 
they're, you know, all about the afterglow. It's kind of a hard sell. I mean, I think once you watch it, you enjoy it, but it's not a horror movie. It's, yeah. You know, it's it's kind of easier to sell horror. Oh, 100%. It's easier to sell certain very genre movies, but this is, it's like, I don't know, it's just these guys, like, the first scene is like 15 pages of dialogue. It's actually 17, and I cut it down. Holy in, cow. In editing, I got it down to like 14 <laughs> minutes of dialogue, you know? And I was like, yeah, because I'm making the movie I want. I'm not doing this for anyone else. I'm making the movie I want to make. We yeah. spent almost no money on it. But I was like, okay, I need to write something that's more marketable that can help my career. So I'm going to write a horror movie. And I ended up, and disclaimer, I'm not saying it's the same level of quality <laughs> or genius as this person, but I ended up writing like a David Lynch movie. That's you know, which is like, that's, I just, that's the opposite of what I was trying to do. I was trying to make something marketable and it's all like abstract and it's like, wait, what happened here? And it's like, I don't know, you got to watch it four or five times and read the subtext, you know? And it's also this huge budget. It would, it would be such a huge budget. It's never going to get made. Um, but it was a really fun experiment, thought experiment. And um, I said it at Shaker Village. That's hilarious. You know, just oh, wow. down the road here. Um, <laughs> That's but, amazing. Uh, yeah, so, you know, if that movie ever gets made, that means I have really made it. <laughs> you know, I'm not getting to, like, make whatever movie I want and people are just giving me money without asking questions. I, I kind of want to see yeah. it, though. <laughs> I mean, me too, but, you know, you're willing to read the screenplay and, like, see it in your mind if you want, you know. Oh, that works. Yeah, it's called uh, Sleep Paralysis. Okay. Um, so... Yeah, but it's it ended up being so abstract, and I was like all these different like timelines. I'm like, what have I done? This is not what I set out to do at all. But it was it was fun to write down. So so basically, it's a uh, crossover between that Malignant movie and uh, the Avengers. Is like... I haven't seen Malignant, but there's nothing like the Avengers in this movie. <laughs> Malignant is one of the street like it's one of the few movies where I watched it, and I really it was just me. Nobody was there with me. And after it was over, I just didn't move. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't, I don't know what just happened. Mm. I don't even know what I just saw. Yeah. What? That's what I would say about Hereditary. Oh. And uh, also Midsummer, same same writer director. Oh god. Which yeah. Midsummer I saw in New Zealand, um, and <laughs> then came the home setting? to my apartment by myself. <laughs> which, by the way, here's you have a lot story. of plants. You want a story? I've got a story. For you. All right. In this building that I was staying in. Um, there was like I hope like there's no one in Palmerston North like, listening to this because they're good, you know one of these people's gonna hear this and come after me. But um, there was basically there was this big building. It's like in the center of town. It's this big arts building, and they've got art studios. There's a coffee shop and a couple um, stores on the ground floor, and it's this really cool space just to be like the center of the art world for the town. It's really cool space. But um, and then there's the apartment on the top floor where I lived. And at night, I was the only one in the building. Everything else closed oh, off. Only one. It's this huge building. Huge building. And so, uh, like, this, like the size of a small hotel, you know. And uh, I'm the only one in there at night. And um, there was this group. They were uh, a church, and I'm using that word loosely, um, <laughs> that would come in and use the building late at night. Now, they would go home. You know, eventually, I mean, they didn't stay there all night. What I mean was I'm the only one who slept there. But um, they would come in and use the building at night. And the first, it was like my third day there. And um, I'd just gotten there. And then I hear this music, kind of this really droning bass, like, doom, 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 like, drums, like, doom, 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 doom. And I was like, oh, man, I think there's like a metal show going on downstairs. 
because they would sometimes do shows downstairs. And so I, it, as part of like the, the, the arts thing, you know, like oh, actual concerts. You. And so it's like, oh, cool, there's a concert. I'm going to go down and check out this concert. So I go all the way downstairs, nobody there, just empty. What? And I said, what? Oh. Maybe they're up on the second floor. Why would they be holding a show up there? And so I go up to the second floor and I'm following the music down to the end of the hall. And then I realize like they're in this sort of multi-purpose room down there. And I walk in the door and I realize, oh, this isn't a concert. This is a straight up cult. Ooh. And they are, and they're, there's like people up front and there's this really droning music, which is designed to like get your mind in a drone where you can't think for yourself, you know? And, um, and they're doing the guitar and they're screaming. People are just screaming, like not just the performers. Oh people are just screaming and waving their arms like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> And so I walk in and I remember, and there's like 11 of them in there in this big room. And they're just waving their arms around and go. And so one of them looks at me, and I remember I just like it's like Homer Simpson in the bushes, like that gift. I just <laughs> through so slowly and just like noped That's out to terrifying. my <laughs> And I was like, what the hell is going on down there? And so I actually got some footage. Um, they Whoa. ended up doing it once or twice a week, and they would go like till past midnight, shaking the 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 windows. Oh my. And so um, the guy, this really cool guy who was running the building and was booking, he booked everything for the buildings. He was part of the, the, you know, the group that brought me over. He just started there when I got there. And he was like, man, these guys were on the books before I got here and I'm canceling their contract. So he, after I told him what was going on and he, came, he just tried to cancel the contract. He's like, we're not doing the cult thing here. So, but anyway, wow. but I came, I came home. The reason I told the story is I came home from midsummer, which is all about this cult, <laughs> you know, and then they were doing their thing. That's amazing. And that night I woke up like at two in the morning and I heard someone walking around in the building. And I was like, wait a minute. I thought I was the only one here at night. And I was like, they've come, they've come for me. They're going to come kill me. <laughs> and it turns out it was the, the cleaning crew. I had oh. no idea. They had a cleaning crew. <laughs> in the middle of the night. Like, These like, people are going to, because they can't, you know, the cleaning crew got there at like five in the morning. Okay. And so I'm like, you know, me, I go to bed at like three. <laughs> you know, so I just woke up like, what's going on? That'd be terrifying. It was the cleaning crew. It was the cleaning crew. That's incredible. Yeah. So, uh, I keep you keep like making me think I watch too many shows and movies apparently. Um, have you seen Archive 81 on Netflix? No, um, I can't like I, I'm trying to get into spoiler territory here. Um, but your story, uh, if you watch Archive 81, like it's not exactly the same, but there are some similarities to mm -hmm. that show, and uh, it's funny, like that's what I keep seeing in my head. They're they're not quite with the instruments at all, yeah, that, but. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's if you've ever been to a, like a really charismatic church, oh, yes. you'll have an idea. But I'm not I'm not lumping these people in with them. That's not what I'm doing. Wow. Uh, however you feel about like a very charismatic church or whatever, but this was this was definitely next level. It was just a lot of droning and shouting and like nothing else. That's incredible. Like so, I didn't even, like it. Just be weird though. <laughs> people are with you a couple of times a week. Yeah, like. It's just like only thing just a floor between me and them. You know? Is that uh, is that what it's like? Just your average Floridian? Is that? Uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, Florida and you know New Zealand and Australia seem to have a lot in common. There's <laughs> the wildlife, uh, and then and then besides the people, also the animals that live there. Not um, New Zealand, maybe <laughs> Australia, but not New Zealand. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's true. Like, they do get lumped in together, and and they yeah, are yeah, no reptiles, but... no snakes. Whoa, 
nothing. Interesting. The only thing indigenous to New Zealand is birds, huh. but uh, they've got possums and mice and rats, um, and then some livestock, you know, cows and sheep and all that. But that was all brought over um, by the British, basically. That's crazy. Yeah, the only thing indigenous are, are birds, and there are no snakes. Wow. Yeah, but no, Australia is a whole <laughs> different story. <laughs> Not that I'm an expert in Australia by any stretch, but we all know oh, they've yeah, got snakes. Oh, yeah. yeah I spent <laughs> three or four days there. Oh. On the, just on the way home. Do you remember Joel? Yes. Yeah, I went and saw him. Wow. Uh, and, and stayed with him. That's awesome. I was like, look, I'm this close. I'm just going <laughs> to yeah, do it. So I went and flew over there, stayed with him for a few days, and then flew home from Australia. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Like, gosh, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I love it. Your listeners are going to be like, who? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is crazy, though, like how this tiny little community and you know, in Kentucky, how well-traveled so many people seem to be. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, it's yeah. we're very stereotypically like, you know, have never left the state or at least the region. And, and then, you know, I don't know, it seems like this generation or maybe the one before really kind of branched out and suddenly <laughs> they're all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Well, we kind of have that luxury, right? That's because, true. Um, you know, you, I, I, I don't want to pontificate too much, you know, but it's like, you know, like I've, I've heard some people recently just espousing how like our generation, like we didn't really have a war to fight, you know, yeah. and it's like our war is like with ourselves, like fight club, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. like, yeah, that really just frees up. Like I get to be a writer and do all this stuff. Cause like, I don't have to deal with all this other That's stuff. That's true. You know, and we have our own struggles, but, um, and I think being having the luxury to kind of like globalize the world is becoming very globalized. That's yeah. part of it, right? Like the the path is kind of paid for that now. It's like, yeah, I mean, you gotta save up and spend some money if you want to fly over there, but you can do it. Oh yeah, I mean, you know? I go to Disney World three times a year. Yeah, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, Daniel lives right down the road and doesn't go with me, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, he goes more than I do. And I went or when I lived in Kentucky too. So yeah, yeah. Uh, now Joel. He was actually Australian. He was here. His parents were going to the seminary. Um, okay. But, but you know, it, but it's still an interesting point you make because Wilmore is such a unique community like that. Oh, yeah. Um, where, like, uh, growing up, my best friend across the street was Brazilian, and then my good friend on the other side were Indian. Oh, um, cool. and um And then we had, what else did we have? We had India, Brazil, um, and we had a few other, it's all localized, like right in this yeah. one little community, you know, and um, that's not terribly common for a small town. In oh, no. I mean, especially <laughs> the further and it wasn't even know. something I was thinking about. Oh, and of course, right next door, uh, uh, Barbados, oh, you know, yes. and it's like, and that's, that's something that I, you just was like, I don't know, this is just how life is. It's I, I'm in first yeah. grade. This is just my life. <laughs> and then you get a little older, it's like, oh, it's not really how it is everywhere. <laughs> no, it's like most of the state. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh, similarly, that that same um, you know, the same seminary, you, you can't really um I don't want to say escape, but you like that reach is still there. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I met somebody uh last week who uh, went to school there so yeah 100% yeah <laughs> they're everywhere yeah they've got the those little towns got fingers like stretching all over the globe you know? yeah uh actually one of our uh, classmates also lives in New Zealand right I'm, hmm. I'm not crazy there a few do um Jessica 
is um, one year older than me okay. than us. She's there. We stayed with her in Christchurch. And then uh, Sabrina is in uh, Taranaki. Okay. And I stayed one night with her and her family um, as well. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, um, during, I believe it was during like the lockdown era of COVID, mm -hmm. uh, you were doing some pretty cool like oh, yeah. remote musical sessions. Yeah, which I Jessica GS. sang on one of those. Yeah, that was That fun. was the Cranberry song, right? We did the zombie. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I believe I sent that to you, Dave. You did, yeah. Yeah, that was really cool. It was a lot of fun to watch. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. That was fun to do. Yeah, I did a, did a handful of others. We did All Apologies. Oh, yes. And then uh, yep. and I, I had some, those were the two that involved Jessica, and I did Say It Ain't So with another buddy, you know, the Weezer song, and Tonight Tonight by the Smashing Pumpkins, and then Everlong by the Foo Fighters. Cool. I think that's what we did. Which I, uh, I Everlong is actually a song I remember Velvet Monk playing at... Uh, I don't remember no. if it was. I, I, I thought you did it Project Graduation. I don't think no, it was uh, ours. I but... know what you're thinking of is. Um, oh, it was My the other Lucky Sunday. Oh, uh, okay. Played right before or after us, and mm, they did uh, okay. My Hero. Okay, there you go. And See? I can still remember that. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think it was My Lucky Sunday, but it was whatever, like John and Donovan and yeah. whatever they were calling themselves at that time. Yes. Uh, they played. Oh, I man. think it was My Lucky Sunday. They played that. <laughs> I forget about that. Band. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> some good tunes, man. They had some good ones. I uh, a scene going. I, yeah. Daniel and I, uh, most of the shows we went to together were hardcore. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I do remember uh, Her Dying Wish played. Yeah. Uh, and they opened for uh, the chariot and mainly the sons of disaster. Yeah. yeah, that was out at the place right across from the high school. Yes. Yeah, I was at that. Yeah. And that was a long time ago. Yeah, I played a handful of shows with uh, my with um, her dying wish as well. On the you know, I played drums for them. For oh a while. yes. Because yeah, I got passed around as a drummer. <laughs> then I played with Copius, Zucker, and those guys, and then I played yeah. with her dying wish. Whenever a drummer came along, including me, because when I was playing guitar and singing, if you met a drummer, everyone would just like, it was like sharks. <laughs> like, we need a drummer. That's why everyone was always like trying to get me, you know, you're a drummer, be in my band. It's like, but I want to play guitar and sing now. Yeah. So, uh, that's uh, actually Daniel, when we played our short stint together, um, he plays drums, but he mm -hmm. was our vocalist. And, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, but you're right. Drummers are a hot commodity. They're like, I'm like, yeah, I sing. <laughs> They're like, but, but you play drums. I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Oh, I've completely like, derailed us here. Um, but, but it's on an unrelated uh, <laughs> note. Yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, so um, you kind of answered my question. I was going to ask, like, since you said you essentially benefited the, the place in New Zealand. Um, I was going to say what benefit was it to you, but apparently... Well, that's, I mean, that's the idea. I don't know if I benefited <laughs> them or not. I hope so. Um, you know, and I, I uh, showed all of my films, because one of the things that they, in the interview process, um, when they're trying to decide who they're going to go with, they said, we want someone who is like, sure, you can come over here and just do an art project and literally do nothing, like, if that's what you want. But they said, we want to choose someone who's going to engage with the community. And so I said... Um, I'd be happy to go up to the, to the college and I taught a few just one-off classes. So I didn't like teach a course, but yeah. I would go up and teach a one-off class. Um, on a, so I did one on um, basically it's like shooting one scene from a film. So like everything okay. from like blocking, um, going through blocking and directing and setting up all the different angles and then doing like a very quick basic edit. 
just to understand how what it means to shoot a scene and piece it together. Yeah. And I did a couple um, that weren't as hands-on. It was just like talking about different styles um, yeah. of filmmaking. And then I showed all of my films and people from the community came and we did Q&As afterwards and yeah. stuff like that. So that's, you know, I tried to engage with the community as much as possible. That's cool. Um, and then not to mention just going to stuff and just, you know, yeah. it's, it's a pretty small community. Um, about the size of Nicholasville, maybe, okay. maybe a little bigger. Um, but um, they they have like seven different like live theaters. Goodness. Imagine that in Nicholasville. That's crazy. <laughs> they, yeah, they have so many different ones. The art scene is, they're really, they really take it seriously there. It's That'd be nice. Cool. Yeah, and they're pr- just within a shot of Wellington, which obviously there's a huge film scene yeah. in Wellington with Weta and everything. Um, so, yeah. That's cool. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, that's, um, I mean, you get to hang out with the cult and do all that. So. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, I spent most of my time with the cult, to be honest with you. I've been meaning to talk to you about that. Uh, <laughs> that's a whole new film right there, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually what I find kind of interesting. You said that um, that was the where you wrote the screenplay that you uh, set in uh, Shaker Village. Is that right? Yes. And so you you traveled you know all that way thousands of miles and, and wrote a um, a screenplay about you know right down the road. That's that's interesting. Well, to be fair, I was living in LA at the time, so um, I didn't travel from here. True. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, you know, uh, and also, you know, the Shakers were a cult as well. Oh, 100 percent. Um, yeah. and so, and and the movie is actually cut. It's it was supposed to be kind of a cult movie, and it's it's like implied that there was a cult there in the movie, but it's not much about that. It's it kind of moves away from that, and it's almost like there are used there was obviously used to be a cult here and the traces of one, but then the movie doesn't go into that much. Okay. But, um, you know, it was all kind of tying together. Yeah. So when I went and saw Midsummer, I was like, this is going to be great inspiration. <laughs> it scared the shit out of me, you know? So, like, I, I need this movie to happen. I, me and Daniel will just take the script and yeah. use our little point-and-shoot camera here. Go raise me about $20 million, um, And I know how to make a movie on a low budget, but this has got some really big uh, so, yeah. set pieces. And, like, there's, like, a monster and there's all this stuff, okay. you know? So um, it's funny that you say that. And I mean, you, you brought up the fact that they were essentially a cult. Yeah. Uh, I actually have a family member who works out on the farm out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said that there's a spot, like, I don't know if it's like a, a standing monument or what, but it's supposedly like a cursed spot on the land. Really? And like, nobody goes near it. He said, even the horses will like not go near it. He said it's right. pretty insane. That's interesting. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that. Um, I that's funny because there's something kind of like that in the movie. Yes. Um, but uh so you just wrote history. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this all totally happened. Um no, but it, you know, it's about this, it's about these guys who are all about our age, and um they all had this experience when they were in like 14 or 15, and they had this experience very paranormal experience and they basically essentially and it was this very big traumatic thing and they're essentially trying to decide like did that really happen or did we like kind of imagine this and so they're trying to get back together and they're going to go back out there and try to recreate this very strange thing that happened just to try to like get closure on it okay but um there's this dark place of yeah kind of like that um you know you know everyone knows it's haunted yeah, uh, it's Shaker Village, and there's the woman in the window, and it's like there's yeah. all this stuff. Like, if you go to bed, because you can, for anyone who doesn't know, you can actually book a room and stay out there, stay the yes. night, you know. 
And um, they say, like, if you leave a candle out there unlit when you wake up in the morning, it'll be burned down and stuff like that, you know? But um, it's um, Stephen. I'm trying not to say people's full names yes. on here. Uh, you can, if I've said any, you can go back and bleep them. But uh, <laughs> Stephen, who you know, uh, you yeah. know of. Yes, you know who's in some of my <laughs> yes. bands. Uh, he, he he was out there one time, and he's got some pictures, and he showed me. He was like, "You can see like in the picture, you can see like this little ghostly figure back there." And yeah. I'm telling you, he's like, "Tell me that doesn't look like it's almost like this guy's like crouching down under the desk, like a ghostly looking thing." And I'm looking at the picture. I'm like, "I can totally see that." <laughs> you know, it's it's strange. That's great. And, and uh, we we used to sneak out there in high school. Um, it's like uh, some guys and I. We decided we're gonna sneak out there and see the ghost, like after <laughs> yeah. after hours. And so we like painted our faces, and, you know, <laughs> blend in in the dark. And we drove out there, parked on the side of the road, and like hopped the fence. And there was no security. We could have just, you know, we we're just strolling through there, no problem. But we so wanted there to be security. <laughs> yeah. to run from. But, uh, we thought, you know, we're gonna like see if we see a ghost in the window. No luck that night. <laughs> So talking about that dark spot that you mentioned in Shaker Village, um, this is different, but it just made me think of it. When I was doing fundraising for Bluegrass Spirits, because it's a bourbon movie and it's a ghost movie, it's both. And um, I have this friend who's a bourbon expert, and he's very connected in the bourbon world. And I was in Kentucky actually raising money for the movie because I have all local investors. And um, we were trying to raise interest and just visibility for the project. And I was really close to where I was getting ready to go into production. And so we went to this event and this group does these bourbon tasting events. And he was like, yeah, come with me to this event. You can just tell people about the movie and who knows what will happen. And so um, I didn't get any money that night. But what did happen is um, we went to this event and then he was like, hey, Johnny, stand up and tell everyone about this movie that you're going to be making soon. So I told him about the movie and how it's like ghost movie. And so... Um, I got done talking and everyone's like, okay, everyone just have your drinks and everyone talk and have a good time. And this woman comes up to me and she goes, she goes, um, I'm actually uh, a paranormal. And I can't remember the word she said, but essentially she was like, I see ghosts. Um, you know, like uh, kind of like a medium, like, yeah. <laughs> and I said, really? And she said, yeah. And I said, you know, I was like, well, I would love to talk to you um, because I talked to a few people uh, for research for people who actually do this. I do realize just let's call it ghost hunting. And so she goes, yeah, she said, actually, um, she said, there's a ghost in the corner right there right now in this restaurant we were in. And she was like, it's back there in that corner right now. And I said, really right there. And she said, yep, there's a ghost back there right now. And then um, I was like, oh, that's amazing. You know, so I talked to her for a little bit. And then um, as I was walking away, this wait staff person came up to me and hey, they were like, yeah, I overheard what she was saying. And she, he was like, that's funny because there was like a, a fridge over in that corner because we were down at the basement. It was this kind of basement area and they had a fridge down there. And they said, um, that corner always smells and we cannot figure out why. It always smells rotten and no one Looks can terrifying. figure out why. Wow. <laughs> and he was like, it's that corner, the one she was talking about. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That's pretty um, terrifying. Yeah. But she, but she was like, she was like, it's not a malevolent thing. You know, they're just... Uh, you know, I can't remember. I can't remember what she said, but it wasn't like, oh, everyone run. It was just, yeah. they're just there, they're just watching. And so, uh, since you bring that up, you actually reminded me of a place recently that 
I completely forgot it existed. Mm-hmm. Um, if there ever was like an urban legend around a small community, mm-hmm. uh, it's the, I don't even know how to say the name of it, but I'm pretty sure it's just the woodworking shop and nothing more. Cross time. Yes. Yes. Um, that, uh, like I spent, so I don't know if you ever went out there, Daniel. I don't uh, think so. It's about half an hour or so from here. No, it's about, is oh, it? from here. Yeah. I guess I was thinking more. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's about, about 20 minutes, probably uh, from here. 25 maybe. So like, there was no like actual no there's substance yeah there is nothing and, and it's funny because like it was just creepy i think to be out there because mm-hmm. when you went out there there was no even like oh well, this happened here no it was just no this is here and it's creepy mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> but we went all the time all the time <laughs> i i like the the pictures you posted and i like yeah. that you had the old pictures from oh yeah like those days. if you want memories and nostalgia i'm the guy <laughs> I, i've got you I like it. That's uh, what my second movie is all about, by the way. You know, but nostalgia. But um, yeah, to um, Prajna, I'll just give like a little bit of background <laughs> yeah. on that. So it's essentially um, exactly what you said. It's a woodworking shop, and that's they're just woodworkers. That's it. As far as I know, <laughs> I can't prove it. that they're not doing dark magic out there, but I have no reason to think they are. But um, they, uh, Back in the day, you know, they used to have those little stone totems yes. out there. I think that's what made it creepy. Yeah, those like <laughs> Japanese characters, and you know, to like a bunch of high school idiots, you're like, I can't read that. That could say anything, yes. you know. It's that kind of thing. And um, and um, they're they're all white, by the way. You know, I mean, they are. They're just they're white, but they're just they, the prajna is just like a philosophy. It's an idea okay. that they named the, the the company after. But um, I didn't know any of this at the time. Um. And so my friend took this very seriously. And so we decided to start going out there. And when we got old enough, I think they rode their bikes out there a couple of times. And I wasn't with them when they did that. But when we got old enough to drive. That's quite the road to be on. It is. Oh, well, you know, we came from his house in Versailles all the way into Wilmore. We walked into, that's a whole other, that's the night I saw the UFO. That's a whole other Well, I was actually going to ask you about that story. Well, we can get to that. um, I just want these people to have an idea of what Prajna was. I'll try to make it quick. But um, we would just drive out there once we got to the age where we were driving. Drive out there started on the weekends and we started doing it like almost every night awesome. and just the idea would be like it's so to, to set the scene for you you're out in the middle of the backwoods in kentucky there's no i mean nowhere near an interstate like essentially one lane road if a car's coming the other way one of you's pulling off yes. there's nothing around and then bang there's this building <laughs> and it and looks completely it, it looks like it's out of a horror movie. Oh, 100 like to be fair it looked really it creepy just looks like an old like yeah. broken down shack and just out of nowhere and so you would drive out there and we would like stop and turn off the car and roll down our yes. windows and be like, what's going to happen? What are the, you know, the woodworkers, are they going to do? And, you know, these totems are lining the road and we're like, sure, they're haunted or something. And then we started getting more brave and like actually getting out of the car and walking around behind it. And um, there's this one time where, uh, you know, we were back there and we swore we heard something and everyone just ran and jumped back in the car. We had like seven of us in my Honda Accord. Like one of them, uh, Steven, different Steven, other Steven, like jumped through the window. He was, he was like, I'm not even gonna take the time to open the door. And he like jumped through the window onto our laps and like slid across us like a hot dog going into the bike. You know, we like sped off out of there. And um, there was uh, some people, and uh, legitimately, I'm not just saying this, I, I did not do this, uh, but some people actually started vandalizing and like, it was pretty, Whoa. pretty minor stuff. But, like, 
shot out their light bulb of the front porch with a BB oh gun. Gosh. Like they weren't shooting out windows, but it's like you're firing a gun at this building. Yeah, building's bad. You know, um, and um, some stuff like that. And <laughs> so the, the after that happened, the next day, John B, let's call him, <laughs> uh, comes up to me the next day at school and he goes, so I um, blew up an another friend of ours, like the friend who went out and shot out the mailbox, the, the light bulb. John B went to his house and blew up his mailbox <laughs> and then left a note saying that it was his like Prajna, from, you know, this is for the light bulb or, or like we're watching wow. you or something like that, signed Prajna. Oh my God. And then my, so John B comes up and he's like, dude, I did it. I'm the one who did it. It wasn't Prajna. And then, um, and then another friend, like this is, a, it's so hard to when I'm not using names. Um, another another friend travis i uh, won't say his last name <laughs> red hair okay uh comes up he comes up he goes he's like dude 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 uh prajna blew up so-and-so's mailbox and i already knew that it wasn't them and i just looked at him and i was like mm -hmm, yep that's amazing you know? <laughs> oh wow man the fbi uh 100 got involved in that Wow. Yeah, they came to wow. the, because like they got to the point because I think there's a blown up mailbox and I think maybe the people at Prajna actually called uh, the police, but they actually came to the school and were questioning people wow. about that. Yeah. How did I not know that? It happened? got to the point where like, because we we started this um, and then it got to the point like you were going out there, everyone oh, yeah. was going out, people I don't know and Whoa. I meet them, you know, I didn't know in high school, maybe I meet them 10, 15 years later and tell me, oh yeah, I used to go out there, you know, and then you would go out like on Halloween and there's a line of cars down the road. Those wow. poor people, all they're trying to do is... Seriously, just work. Evidently, they do awesome work, by the way. They're like award-winning. Oh, wow. Design and, and stuff. Poor guys. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I've implicated myself. <laughs> a lot of bleeping here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. I, um... Yeah, that's the I, I had no idea some of that happened. So that's yeah, and there's quite a few other stories, but they're all things of us just it's all up here. Oh, it's mental. I'm pointing to my head right now. It's all up here. You know? <laughs> like that was my thing. And cause you talked about like we would do the same thing. Turn off the car, roll down the window. Yeah, that was nothing ever happened. No. And it was like, like, what did we think was happening? Yeah. Like obviously we felt like we needed to go back for more. Right. <laughs> I mean, I guess yeah. it's the same concept as a horror movie. Like, yeah. <laughs> and you live in a small town, there's nothing to do. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's pretty much everything I ever did. I it mean comes uh, back to that. I don't know. I can't remember if Daniel was with me, but I mean, we were bored one night and stole one of the freaking uh, columns from Walmart and threw it in the... Yeah, in that the, sounds the, about right. The, <laughs> like <laughs> the pond right beside our house. Here yeah. <laughs> I did not know you were involved with that. I know other people who were involved with it. And, and I, I, I might have been the one who took it. So <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't there, but I, I did hear all about it because... We, were, we the... were in a car that wasn't big enough to hold the columns. So we had to like, hold it out the sunroof while we were driving. I was like, no one's going to notice this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then we had that like what are we gonna do with this? <laughs> which is why it ended up at the bottom of the pond over here <laughs> feeling random items was definitely the top uh, level entertainment in those days. right it's like if it's not in the store it's not stealing right it's that's right. how you thought that's back right. then it's like i don't know it's not got a price tag on it so. <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> 
So uh, I need to circle back here. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the UFO, mm-hmm. and like I need this story told because okay. uh, it, in long form it was good, but I need to <laughs> I need yeah. to hear you actually tell it. All right. Well, I'm gonna just do the full thing. <laughs> that works. Okay. So um, I wrote this story as, as part of a, a novel that I just wrote. That who knows if it'll ever get published but i wrote it um and it's fictional but based on stuff that's happened in my life but then it's like fictional uh, i fictionalized everything so it might be like there's a scene where i'm at this party and it's like yeah that party did happen but everything i wrote is false <laughs> you know it's that kind of it's that kind yeah. of novel but um the one true thing like straight up that i did not change at all is the ufo story um that's the funny thing is like that's the truest thing in the book um so the story the story goes that um, we were staying out at uh, other Travis's house, way out in Versailles, um, and my mom was out of town for the weekend, so the house was empty back in Wilmore. And so for anyone who doesn't know, that's like a a 15-minute drive. Yeah. It's not a short (laughs) walk. It's a long walk. And um, as the crow flies, it's maybe three miles or something, you know, because you can go all the way down Harrisburg Road or you can cut across fields. And so we said, all right, we're going to, just because, because it's something to do, we're going to sneak out around 1130 or midnight. We're going to walk all the way to Wilmore and we're going to, the girls are having a sleepover and down in the neighborhood and we're going to go get them and we're going to go back to my house and just like hang out. And then we'll walk back. Like that was the plan. And so um, we were, like I said, we left around midnight and um, we were, since Travis lives way out in the country, it's this really windy road. And we thought we could cut off some time, like rather than following this big wind in the road all the way around, we're like, we'll cut straight through it, through a field to cut some time off. And this was a cow field. And while we were out there, this is, you know, this is pertinent, comes back later, it's pertinent. But, uh, uh, while we were out there, um, we're about halfway through the field and we kind of look around and this is me and Travis and Steven. And um, we look around and we're like, what are these cows doing? And we realize the cows are forming a circle around us. And that's that's true. Now that's, I lived, um, my house was right next to the cow field. You know, we were on the very, very edge oh, yes. of the subdivision. It's not the edge anymore, but it, cows would come right up. I used to play in that cow field all the time. The cows, they don't get anywhere near you. You know, we were like, this is very abnormal behavior. And so we ended up, there was one of those little cow shacks with the salt lick block and we ran and got on top of that. And um, we <laughs> actually, we were like, we had a flashlight with us and we were like, how are we going to get out of here? We are literally surrounded by cows. And so we took the double D flashlights out uh, of batteries out of the flashlight and threw them to try to like spook the cows. <laughs> and they didn't even flinch. <laughs> now we didn't have a flashlight anymore. And we you know, couldn't light it up. And so um, I actually don't remember how we got out of that. In the book, I, or in the story that, that I wrote, and then also in the book, I said that we were like banging on the roof to scare them. I honestly don't remember. I think what happened was we just kind of waited and we're like, look, there's a hole in the ranks. We're just going to bust ass through there. And so we like ran. I remember running through that field and just expecting it any minute to just feel hoofs in my back. You know, of course it never happened and we made it. And so we're like, that is very strange behavior for cows. They don't act like that. And so we kept walking down the road and it took, you know, however a couple hours to get all the way into town. And um, we went back to my house and um, the only thing that I really, again, I embellished some <laughs> of this because this is like all the, the character stuff. Yes. You embellished like the dialogue. I embellished all of that. 
I'm, I'm only saying that because I know you actually read the story. <laughs> no one else even knows what I'm talking about. But, um, you know, the girls came over and there was some flirting or whatever. But the thing that I remember, and this is true, is that um, the Foo Fighters, Everlong, that song came on MTV. The video came on. And I, the reason I bring that up is I always remembered that was the one thing about that night that I always associated with that night. So whenever I heard that song in the future, whether it was like a couple days later or a week later or a month or 10 years later, whenever I hear Everlong, I'm back to that night every time. And um, to the point that when I wrote the story that you read, I put that in there. I don't know if yeah. you remember that, but I actually specifically mentioned the music video and Everlong coming on and how it's just got this eerie feeling to it and how I'm just, man, something about the feeling of this just feels like there's something eerie and strange in the air tonight. And the song kind of matches that feeling. And again, I, I can't stress this. I always told that when I told this story. <laughs> and so um, anyway, 3 a.m. or whatever rolls around and we're like, we got to leave now or we're not going to make it home before Travis's parents get up. Because it's a long walk. And if they get up and we're gone, we're going to be dead. <laughs> and so we start walking back. And this entails walking straight through a field, straight back out to Harrodsburg Road. And we're about halfway through the field when that's when the thing happened. And so I saw in the distance, it looked like a pinprick of light. That's how far away it was. It just looked like a star. And then all of a sudden, it was like, that star is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So that was my first feeling, which is a very bizarre thing to experience. And, um, you know, if you see a plane, let's say, in the sky and it's far enough away that it yeah. looks like a star, you know, or like a satellite, yeah, it just stays that way because it's so far away you know it just stays looking that small in the sky if it's right overhead it looks much bigger you know well this thing went from looking really far away to looking really close really fast so what i'm saying is that it was really far away and it got close to us very quickly and so um the next thing you know this light is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and there's no sound it's not like a fighter jet with like a sonic boom or like a whoosh just no sound whatsoever and it flies right over our head and um i don't know like 100 feet in the air i, I mean i have no idea yeah you know but i, I don't mean it's not like 20 feet yeah. you know it's it's up in the sky um and it flies right over us and it turns its end up and it's got three lights on the bottom one two three round lights but the shape of the of the lights makes a triangle so the shape of the craft at the bottom of the craft is a triangle and there's a light on each point if that makes sense yeah and it kind of turns its end up and then completely, like, I don't know, like 90 degree angle, changes direction, shoots off. It's coming from the uh, west and then turns its end up right about right over our heads and then boom, heads off north, like roughly toward Lexington <laughs> and just shoots off in that direction. And every one of us, um, I mean, I'll never, I'll never forget. We just, we just stopped dead. It wasn't like one person saw something. I was like, hey, do you guys see that? And then later, the other two were like, oh, yeah, I, I think that is what I saw. We all saw it at the exact same time. Everyone would look at each other. What the hell was that? They're like, Did we just actually see a UFO? You know, we're like, what could it possibly have been? And we're going through these different things. It's like, if it were a fighter jet that somehow is the shape of a triangle, it would be really noisy to be going that fast. Yeah. Or to be going at all, you know, but especially to be moving that fast. And there was nothing like that. And so we were like, it, it must just be a UFO or there's tech that we have that, you know, <laughs> yeah. they're not telling us about. Um, and so, you know, 
that's kind of the, the end of the story. Like nothing else happened that night, but it, you know, I look back on it and um, it's like, oh, right, the animals. Because anytime that there, you hear these stories about UFOs, and I didn't even put this together until like two or three years later. <laughs> like, oh, you hear about animals acting really strangely yeah. or sometimes doing really weird, crazy stuff. I was like, that makes perfect sense. They're like in the area the whole night. And, um, and then uh, cut, <laughs> flash forward to, this was 1998 or seven, and flash forward to 2014, okay? And so, again, I, I told my <laughs> friends a story. Uh, we, were, we were actually on our way down to San Diego to listen to um, one of my, Alexis Ree, who is in Couch Survivor, and she's in Crash okay. and Blade Runner and some other movies. She was in my first movie. We were going down to hear her do a TED Talk, and that's just why I remember when it was. And um, I told some, we were in the car on the way down to San Diego, and I told that story, my friends, just like I told you now. I told that exact same story, including Foo Fighters, Everlong, and everything. And so um, a couple weeks later, I was like, man, I haven't really thought about that in a while. And like, I didn't really have the internet. I mean, of course, the internet existed back then, but it wasn't, I didn't have it at home. It wasn't yeah. ubiquitous. It's like, I'm just going to start Googling stuff and see what comes up. And so I start just like Googling aircraft and stuff, and you can find videos of, of, um, craft that look exactly the way I described it and have been for the last several many huh. years. And then I was like, I don't know, I'm just going to Google the Foo Fighters because I don't know why, just because that's a big part of the night. So I Googled the Foo Fighters. Do you know what a Foo Fighter is? <laughs> I was wondering if you were getting there. <laughs> I never knew this. No one knows because, I mean, if you obviously do, Daniel, but no, like most people, <laughs> I, I, I had no idea because I always thought it was food fight. But just without the D. Yeah. And it just like to be cute or whatever. Yeah. A Foo Fighter is a UFO. Well, yeah. that's really weird. Yeah, that's when it was almost. like in the in World War, <laughs> maybe not World War II era, but some era when pilots, fighter pilots would see them, that was like, hey, I see a Foo Fighter out here. And what that meant was just an unidentified flying object. But, um, you know, as we're now finding out, <laughs> as these stories are actually becoming declassified, a lot of these guys are like, no, no, no I, see, I saw things that I think were aliens. And that is what a Foo Fighter is. And I didn't find that out until, like, I, I my jaw just dropped. <laughs> That's so I, like, I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. And I'm like, this story from 1997 is still, like, revealing itself. <laughs> you know, which is very... That's pretty Kind of interesting. Yeah. You know, and you, I know you kind of have to take my word for it that I didn't already know what a Foo Fighter was. Um, but... You know, or that I always made I that. Mean, I had no that idea, I always so. remember that song, and I think of it when I think of that night. But I, it's true. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, that fits together really nicely. I, yeah, yeah Dave Grohl does have a, a pretty big obsession in general uh, with UFOs. I actually I just, I just finished his book. Yeah, it's really good. But in uh, in you know, I mean it's that uh, the imprint he had was Roswell Records, and I mean there are lots of different. Uh, connections to it so i did wonder i was, was going to drop that on you if you didn't yeah, already know yeah. so <laughs> yeah it, i dropped it on myself in 2014 that's right um and again like that story that i wrote um that you read i wrote i read that i wrote that in 2011 or 12 and it, and again it's in print the foo fighters thing is in there okay. and so that's a little bit of a just corroboration that like i'm not making this up or like kind of giving myself revisionist history yeah you know um, there's no other song it's not like i talked about any others i don't remember what other songs we heard that night so, so what a story that's yeah <laughs> that connection really makes it but it's, a, yeah, yeah. it's an amazing story on its own that's uh yeah yeah and it, it happened i mean exactly as i described 
I uh, like as 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 soon as I uh, pulled you into this thing, I knew I was going to make you tell that story. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, it's a fun story, but it's it's wild, man. I, I don't really have anything exciting like that. Uh, I don't know about you, Daniel. <laughs> I can't talk that. No, I've definitely had some weird experiences in that same uh, geographical area, but. Um, no, nothing, nothing can top that. That's, uh, I don't know. I feel like there's something there. And I, I guess everybody probably has their own, you know, wherever they're from. They're like, oh, when I was a kid, I saw some crazy stuff or heard some crazy stuff. Um, but I feel like, yeah, we've got our, our share of interesting <laughs> sightings and legends and, and things mm-hmm. in that area. For sure. I mean, uh, I, I, the high school being our, our biggest legend around here. Yeah. The, 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 what are we going to call them? Ladies of the night? Yes. Being hanged on the football yes. field. Yeah. That story, by the way, is in Bluegrass Spirits because, you know, that's a ghost movie. Well, yes. And uh, third, by the, to remind you, that's my third movie, which is not released yet. Which uh, a, ghost movie. Like, yeah. a, a pretty big actor uh, is the Jake star. Busey, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So he, um, in the movie, I have a, another character tell him that story. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, no, 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 that's not right. He tells the story, and the, <laughs> the, he tells the story because he's kind of a guy who doesn't really believe in ghosts, and he's like, well, in high school, you know, there was this legend that, you know, these hookers, uh, and you know, were, were hanged on the where the football field is now, oh, and, that's, that's it's, and that it's haunted, um, and then the other character is an actual ghost, a ghost hunter in the movie. And he's like, oh, he went to Jesmond County? Because you know, he, he knows the story, you know? But I was That's like, amazing. yeah, we used to, you know, we used to go out there. We had a, when I was in high school, we had our ghost hunters club, is what we called ourselves. And we would go out, we went out and snuck out onto the field one time. We're like, let's, you know, see if we can see anything or hear anything and stuff like that. You know, no, nothing really happened. But we scared ourselves into thinking, oh, yeah. Ooh, I heard something. That's you know? the best part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. I, um. I, I want this third movie to come out because like I, Me I, saw, I watched the I watched the trailer for it uh, not too long ago and uh, it like is there any like definite like time frame or no um, unfortunately not it's we're we're just trying to COVID threw a big wrench in the 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 initial push to get it distributed and so now um, it's with a sales agent and we're just trying to find a distributor for it so um, okay you know I I'd like to have it maybe play at the Kentucky. Yeah, um, which I think is something I can just kind of handle on my own. Yeah, um, not having to go through any third party for that, but um, would like to get it out in distribution. And but it'll it'll be out the end of the world at some point. I just don't <laughs> know when it'll be. But yeah, anyone who's listening, if you want to look up uh, Bluegrass Spirits, you can find that uh, um, social media, and you know you can find our trailer on YouTube and stuff like that. So. Look, if everybody listening to this donates half a million dollars, <laughs> that's all we need. Come on, people. We can, we can make that. We can make, is that to make the Shaker yes. Batch one? Is that where we're going yes. with this? Well, one? yeah. Or if, you know, you can handle your own distribution with that kind there of you go. <laughs> you do both. There Plus you go. the novel. Yeah, I hope it wouldn't take that much money to distribute. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, you could have it playing like in Times Square or something. Yeah, I don't that's know. true. I do whatever I want. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah that's a that's a, a ghost it's a it's a drama with like a twist of paranormal is what it you know it, it's a, it's got some ghost stuff in it but it's really more of a human drama with you know this this ghost hunter who comes along and and inserts himself into this uh, jake Busey is the main character and this ghost hunter comes along and kind of inserts himself into his life jake Busey plays a distillery a bourbon distillery owner 
And this guy's like, I think your distillery is haunted and I want to run a ghost tour out of it. And that's kind of goes from there. So um, yeah, it's a, it's kind of about bourbon. It's kind of about ghosts. It's kind of about some other, that's the surface stuff. It's really about, you know, deeper <laughs> stuff, but I'll let, I'll let the audience figure that out. Well, I'll definitely like I'll definitely keep up on it and uh, update as as you update. So mm -hmm. uh, uh, as it uh, the day when it does come, I'll make sure to to say go see it right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully that day will be sooner rather than later. I hope so. I um, well, I outside of that, I don't really have a a whole lot more. I, I, we've gone a pretty long time now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I, I really appreciate you joining us uh i had fun and sure. anytime you want to come back and just ramble with us about anything uh or tell more stories huh? yeah <laughs> absolutely I, I had a great time so thank you guys for having me i uh for sure but yeah i like i said anytime you want to come back come back uh and um couch survivor maybe on tubi I think it's on Tubi, um, and I think you can buy the DVD on Amazon. I haven't checked in a while. Okay. So whatever the um, distributor, they're doing something. <laughs> uh, all about the afterglow. I know 100% on Amazon mm -hmm. uh, to rent, and then hopefully soon I'll be saying to go watch Bluegrass Spirits. Yes. But um, with that, I, uh, again, really, really appreciate you coming on, and come back anytime, because the stories are I, I hope they're in this. Yeah, we can even get into the <laughs> LA stuff. You know, oh, that's that was, true. Uh, you know, there's so there's so See, much more. There we go. So much more to tell. <laughs> yeah. Before you get part two. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see you all later. Bye. 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 Yeah.